हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट फोर डाइवर्सिटी एंड प्लूरलिज्म एंड आवर टॉपिक इज पॉलिटिकल डेमोक्रेसी एंड इकोनॉमिक डेवलपमेंट इन इंडिया 1991 ऑनवर्ड्स द पोस्ट 1991 इंडिया हैज बीन विटनेस टू एन एब्सेंस ऑफ कंसेंसस रिगार्डिंग इट्स स्ट्रेटजी ऑफ इकोनॉमिक डेवलपमेंट एज वेल एज द इवॉल्विंग नेचर ऑफ इट्स डेमोक्रेसी द लॉन्ग टर्म विजन ऑफ पोलिटिकल लीडरशिप ऑफ नेहरू हैज बीन रिप्लेसड बाई शॉर्ट टर्म स्ट्रेटजीज एज द एडॉपन ऑफ द न्यू इकोनॉमिक पॉलिसीज ऑफ लिबरलाइजेशन एंड अमरजेंट पॉलिसीज ऑफ एम्पावरमेंट seems to be moving the economy and polity in the opposite directions what is of most significance is the unwillingness of the indian state to mediate in order to affect the conflict resolution at this juncture it would be pertinent to address to the cause of a radical shift from the development planning model to the model of economic liberalization just after a minor economic crisis when despite decade of poverty the mixed economic model continued undebated and then how came a minority government of narsing maharao could take such a far reaching policy change when the procedures governments with the overwhelming majority like the congress regime under rajiv gandhi were unable to do so despite apparent willingness the possible answer can be in the form of the immediate economic compulsion of crisis management the political economist like jayanti ghosh parnab bardhan amit bhaduri and Deepak Nair have referred to a combination of national and international factors that explain that the shift was a crisis driven and not a strategy driven change in the economic policies these factors included the collapse of the erstwhile soviet union and the communist regime in the east european countries that were the biggest trading partners of india The external debt crisis resulted as the short-term loans taken by Rajiv Gandhi administration could not be returned due to the failure of the capital goods sector to export. Remittances from the mig- migrants in the Gulf trapped off even as the oil prices increased in the aftermath of Gulf War. there was a flight of capital from the exchange market by the nri as they lost confidence in the social and political viability of the indian state in the aftermath of the mandal and mandir controversy rise in consumerism indulged by the rising middle class increased defense import adequate resource mobilization competitive politics of populism were some of the immediate factors and then the direct taxes were progressively reduced under the liberalizing policies of rajiv gandhi regime while indirect taxes could not be raised the international factors including the conditionalities imposed from above the international monetary institutions like the imf and the world bank 
the Latin American and Sub-Saharan African examples along with the success stories of the South Asian countries were also put forward under the influence of rise of the neoliberalism as the only viable model of good governance. It was argued that the economic growth and the economic efficiency could be achieved with the reduction in the role of the state, fiscal discipline, access to foreign capital and foreign technology were other factors that led to a shift from the state-led capitalism to market-driven capitalism. Do we have a feature of the economic reforms in India? What are its implications for the democracy and development in India? It is very clear that the political instability in the present collision era with the frequent election explains the prevalence of the short-term interest-driven politics. Instead of taking hard measures to stabilize the economy and risking the adverse electoral verdict winning popular support in the elections, the continuation of the populist measures have become the dominant factor in the policy making especially at the state level as a chief minister has an average of less than three years of tenure. Thus, the long-term perspective of the earlier phase is absent. In terms of democracy, democratic politics also, the consensus is gone. The corrupt and the inefficient state-level bureaucracy remains incompetent to carry out the reforms, patronage, corruption and nepotism continues unabated. The nature of investment, whether foreign or domestic, remains suspect as most of the investments are in the consumer sector and not in the primary or capital goods sector. Most of the investments, as Parbhat Patnayak argues, is in the form of the hot money seeking quick returns. The rich state, poor state syndrome is also posing a challenge in the Indian federal democracy as the rich states with their developed economic infrastructures are acting as magnets whereas the poorer states are being asked to fend for themselves without central assistance. Regionalism an offshoot of colonialism and nationalism has been on rise as the regional imbalances increases. Initially, it was the ethnic cultural identity that was the basis for the reorganization of the state, but now the need for greater development and democratization that is becoming the basis of the demand for separate statehood as was the case with the movements for the creation of Uttaranchal, Chhattisgarh and Jharkhand. Dialectic communities are also joining the chorus of as a in the case of demand for Bundelkhand and Rohelkhand in UP. In the new economic regime, such demands are likely to receive impetus. The withdrawal of the state from the social sector has been hitting the poor people as the whole notion of the welfareism has come under question. 
in the name of the fiscal discipline the state investment in the primary sectors of employment health and education has been dividing link new economic policies driven by the market law of demand supply and maximization of profit are hardly concerned with the labor especially those employed in the informal sector the competing federal states also tend to overlook the labor rights as they look for private investment there are other challenges to the success of the politics of economic reforms the gandhian views that still command influence among the masses are opposed to market economy as they emphasize on groups than individual interest profit making was not appreciated the opposition to the economic reforms by the new political elite failure to insulate the policy making from the populist politics the contentious center state relations competitiveness among the states are the other obstacles does the ongoing neo liberal project of development based on the processes of liberalization privatization and globalization has come to be questioned by the advocates of sustainable development strategies as well as by new social movement questioning the rationality of the prosperity of some social groups at the cost of the other constituting majority now let us sum up the unit the above projects of social transformation arose out of the deliberative legislation rather than the participative democratic process however they were products of the consensus negotiated and evolved in the course of the anti colonial movement they were to be realized within the framework of a democratic polity the idea of democracy is expected to inform inspire and cohere with the state's initiative in the areas of welfare secularism and development as discussed above the traditional cultural values of liberalism and tolerance provided substance to the task of democracy building in india the recognition of the diversity and accommodation of their concerns was the hallmark of the constitutional project of national building involving the overarching goal of achieving development however the challenges before the indian democracy as of today remain formidable the identities of caste and religion have bent the democratic idea to their own purpose this is despite the fact that social reforms and the constitutional law have led to the dissolution of the oppressive bonds of caste and the social order and is no longer able to make the state redundant as in ancient past as the social agenda of indian democracy weakens due to the policies of economic liberalization the challenge to the pluralist character of the indian democracy from the ultra rightist communal forces is coming up in the form of the de- demand to re- redefine democracy in 
empathetically majoritarian terms. Notwithstanding the upsurge of the new social movement taking up the issues relating to the human rights, gender rights, backward classes and minority rights, environment, the civil society in India is increasingly becoming the site of intense struggle involving the social groups. Ironically, commitment to the cultural rights for minority communities has been coming in the way of the principle of gender justice and also the constitutionally guaranteed rights of equal citizenship as the simmering debate over the uniform civil code reveals. Identities have indeed been created through electoral politics leading to their empowerment, but then the process had led to more conflict than competition. So, new political entrants consider themselves as members of groups and communities rather than liberal individuals. As for the interface between the ideas of democracy and development is concerned, the challenge to create a more equal society remains formidable as the economic disparities continue to mount in the era of globalization. To conclude, the economic of liberalization and the politics of empowerment are going in opposite directions in the contemporary India. Willingness and ability of the Indian state as in the past to play the mediating role in simply not there. In such a situation, there is a critical need to emphasize the role of the civil society and its citizens. For the politics of the common goods and rights, it is imperative that the Indian state should adopt a strategy of selective globalization that can enrich the pluralistic character of the Indian democracy. Now, let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.